I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to go through our rapid review for round 21. Now, uh, I had to move house on Friday. Then I had the Beers footy, the beers, Food and Footy Festival. Fuck, I plan to get that right at some point. Um, so I sort of had to catch up on a few games and whatnot. So there's a few I didn't get to watch live, but I've uh, I've caught up on them and whatnot. But um, yeah, it is harder when you can't watch them live because you want to get that genuine emotion at the time without knowing where the game ends up, but uh, is what it is. We've caught up on all of them. So we'll go through those games now and have a look at them. So we kicked off on Thursday night, the St. George Illawarra Dragons uh, taking on the West Tigers. Um, look, the Spoon Bowl here, I think this was a game that uh, a lot of us, you know, took the wives, partners, girlfriends, whatever it might be, out to dinner this night to sort of avoid this one. I sat through it. Um, and you know what? It was a close game. It wasn't the most entertaining game in the world, but it was a close game. Um, the West Tigers actually went in at halftime up. 14 to 12, lost this one 18 to, four, uh, 18 to 14. So uh, a pretty close second half. Uh, we had a Tyrell Sloan Sinbin at one point, which I thought sort of evened this game up a little bit. That's when the Tigers scored um, two of their three tries uh, and scored very late through Appy uh, just on half time. But uh, the Dragons, they managed to rope them in. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know too much what to say about these two sides, to be honest with you guys. I think that these two will be the bottom two teams unfortunately um, and I just yeah <clears throat> I just don't think there's too much improvement going on there obviously the West Tigers they've got players to return over the next few weeks and whatnot um, Luke Brooks etc etc but I mean like obviously they'll play Luke Brooks but you start to look to the future and work out what you're going to do after that I thought Dane Laurie was really good he's obviously signed with the Penrith Panthers over the last few days which we'll talk about this week uh, but I, I thought he was really strong I, I can't believe he hasn't been in first grade um, it is absolutely wild to me I thought Tupu he obviously scored two tries but I thought he had a pretty good game uh, for the West Tigers and I thought Appy was strong as well Isaiah Papali'i got through a lot of work actually saw him at the footy yesterday big big bit of gear and I thought Stefano did some really nice things as well for 
For the Dragons, Zach Lomax. Uh, fuck, some of the stuff this kid can do is unbelievable. Talking to Jamie Sauer during the week, he just said, like, some of the stuff he's capable of doing is just off the charts. We've just got to find that consistency for Zach Lomax. But that pass he threw at the end, that flick ball, it, uh, hard out Matt Gidley. I'm not even sure if Matt Gidley could have done that, to be completely honest with you. And that's that's the thing about Lomax. You know, he might be inconsistent and there's, there's things that annoy me, if I'm honest. But there is no questioning the talent and the ability that he has. A very, very good footballer. Uh, I thought Blake Laurie, he was really good. Got through a stack of work. Um, I thought it was interesting. Jack Bird only played about 22 minutes. I think he copped a knock early. But the two uh, the two edge back rowers, they actually played the full game, which is interesting. Dan Russell and uh, Billy Burns. So interesting to see what the Dragons do moving forward. You would have to assume... Jack Bird comes into this side. Uh, Toral Sloan, <laughs> a very mixed night, but geez, that first try score was special. Flick ball on the inside from Tao Tao Moan, uh, and that, that's just years and years of playing footy together. Uh, let's move to the Friday night games, the early game, the Warriors and the Canberra Raiders. Uh, this was one of the games I actually didn't get to watch live. I was uh, moving house on Friday, so I kept kept up to date with the updates. And to be honest with you, probably with 15 minutes to go, I sort of went, okay, I can probably put the... Uh, put put the phone away and th- thankfully I didn't I kept watching it and I watched the last five minutes or so uh, on, on my phone and watched Golden Point just unbelievable game wild I thought the Raiders were done and dusted I didn't think they could get themselves back into it but managed to score three tries in the last 15 minutes or so very very impressive unfortunately they let themselves get into a bit of a hole and realistically uh, the try that Hudson Young scored you know that 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 was just some smart play from Hudson t- taking advantage of a Warriors error. Um, so until, you know, the last 20 minutes, a pretty disappointing game from the Raiders, to be honest. Uh, I thought there was a lot of try-scoring opportunities for both teams when I went back and watched this game. Obviously, knowing in hindsight what the result was, but I thought there was a lot of try-scoring uh, opportunities in this game, and I thought there was a lot of desperation defense uh, that played a big role as well. But the Waz managed to get it done here, 21 to 20. I thought Chance was fantastic. SJ, a bit of a mixed bag at times, uh, but you know, obviously came up with the big plays at the back end of the game, uh, and also came up with the big plays for the Chance and DWZ tries. So uh, the Warriors, they will take this one. This was their last game before the buy, so this was desperate for them to get this one. I think the thing that impressed me with the Waz, and look, disappointing they let the Canberra Raiders back into it, no doubt about that whatsoever, but I think it's a good sign of where the Warriors are at, that they found themselves in a really shit spot, and they had to win a really tough game twice, and that's hard to do, yeah, it's really hard to get yourself up for a game, win it, lose it, then win it back again, so really good sign of uh, the character of the New Zealand Warriors, now granted, they shouldn't have let the Raiders back into it, and I completely understand that, um, but sometimes you just got to win ugly, and you got to find a way to do it, to the Raiders' credit, it was actually four tries to three, so in typical Canberra Raiders fashion, uh, play well, but just underachieve and just keep the game closed. So from that point of view, I don't, I don't know how you're feeling, um, Warriors fans. And as I said, it's hard to sort of analyse games when you're not watching them live, when, when you when you know the result. Uh, it, it's tough to do, if I'm being completely honest with you guys. But that happens sometimes. Uh, but yeah, look, the Warriors, they'll take that one. They will keep striving into that top four. They have a bye next week, and then they play, I think, five bottom eight teams on the run home. So very exciting. Uh, for the Raids... Look, scored a lot of sort of unorthodox tries, except for the last one, which was an absolute cracker. Jack White is special there. The ball to uh, Hopawate was special. What about the finish at the end? Jackie Boy White, and he was hyped up. Unfortunately, Jared Croker, he wasn't able to convert that goal from the sideline. Um, I think it's not, not the same spot, but similar sort of spot to what was it, 10 years ago? 
Uh, when I believe it was against the West Tigers, he missed that conversion. So tough one there for Jared Croker, especially with how the game played out and whatnot. But for me, uh, the biggest moment in this game did come in Golden Point. Jamal Fogarty uh, kicking from about 52 metres out. <clears throat> and all he had to do was just land that ball anywhere in that space. And he tried to bite off a little bit too much um, and put that ball a metre over the dead ball, uh, a metre into the in goals. And Chance took it. And, re- and that's what really did set up uh, the Warriors in this game. It's... um. It's interesting, you know, rugby league, we talk about it being a game of inches and whatnot, but, you know, Jamal Fogarty kicks that ball from 50 metres uh, and it goes a metre too long. If it would have gone a metre shorter, uh, completely different game of football. But it just shows you, and we spoke about it with Jamie Soward this week, how important kicking games are and how they can genuinely decide football games. So a really tough pill for Jamal Fogarty there. Did Definitely didn't deserve that moment, uh, but it was one that turned out to be quite costly. And I'm sure Ricky Stewart... He'll be, you know, he'll be sitting there this week going, what the fuck just happened? Uh, we scored four tries to three and lost that game of football and really handed it over uh, with a poor play at the end there. So disappointing for the Raiders, but, I mean, I still thought that they were, you know, for the vast majority of that game, probably 60 minutes of it, they were definitely uh, the second-best team on the field. So it is what it is. Uh, both sides move on. The Raiders, uh, I mean, it, it really is two different stories here. The Warriors surging into the top four. The Raiders dropping. And the Raiders need to be very careful because with their for and against, they could find themselves in trouble very, very quickly. If you have a look at the ladder now, and I, I think they're down to fifth place, which means they're on 28 competition points. Um, they've got the Sharkies playing this afternoon. So if the Sharkies win, they'll overtake them, which means the Raiders will drop down to six. And then they're only, you know, one win off the Cowboys, uh, one win off the – two wins off the Eels and the Rabbitohs. And the Eels and the Rabbitohs both have buys to come as well. So – and all of them have – <laughs> essentially such better for and against in the Camp Raiders that they can't turn it around. So the Raiders do need to be careful. I believe that they play finals footy this year, but once you take buys out of it, they're only one win in front of Parramatta and the Rabbitohs, and all those teams have to do is just even up with this side, uh, and then they could start to fall. So really, really interesting times for the Camp Raiders. They've had a fantastic season, and I do hope that they hold on. But one of, you know, the Warriors, the Storm, the Raiders, the Sharks, the Cowboys, the Eels, or the Bunnies are going to miss finals footy this year. I don't know which one it'll be, uh, but it's going to be very interesting. Big, big game uh, for the Canberra Raiders next week. Uh, they take on the Newcastle Knights. Now, the Knights, if they win that game, uh, they all of a sudden throw their, themselves into calculations for a top eight finish, which is fucking wild when you consider how their season has played out. It is insane. So really interesting week next week. A must-win game for the Canberra Raiders. They cannot afford to drop that game. The Newcastle Knights playing to keep their season alive and in very, very good form. And the Raiders... I think they'll be tired. I think they'll be very tired coming back from New Zealand after a Golden Point game. That'll take a lot out. So it will be interesting to see uh, how that one plays out. All right, let's move to the late game. Friday night, the Brisbane Broncos 36 over the South Sydney Rabbitohs 20. Um, Obviously, Marty Tapao with... One of the great brain explosions of all time to start this game. I fucking, I've got no idea how Campbell Graham, who has a carried a sternum injury essentially all season, came out of that uninjured. But that was unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, I sort of did think he was lucky to stay on the field. We just can't have that in our game. I think he's copped a three-week suspension, and I think that's fair. But I think there's also an argument he should have been sent in this game. Uh, AJ scored the, f- the first try. Katoni Staggs, though, wow, he really impressed me in this game. It's probably the best game I've seen him play in quite some time. Two tries, I think he set up another one, he was everywhere, Katoni, and uh, you know, it's these sort of games that you watch from Katoni, and you know what, the, the highlights, they're, they're fantastic, they always impress me, 
But I know that Katoni's got that in him. You know, he's not telling me anything different. What I love to see is Katoni Staggs going for 16 runs. 16 runs, 170 metres. That's what you want to see from Katoni, and that's what we need to see more of, him getting more involved and looking for the football. And he was doing that the other night. He topped the run count uh, for the Brisbane Broncos. I was going to say their back line, but for the entire team, 16 was a Broncos high uh, held by Katoni Staggs, equal with a few others like Selwyn, like Payne Haas, but... Jeez, if you, if you can guarantee me Katoni Staggs has somewhere between 13 to 20 touches a game, uh, I know I'm going to have a game of football on my hands. So hopefully Katoni can keep that up. Um, look, I thought Adam Reynolds was good once again. He obviously scored the last try, I believe it was. So I'm sure Adam Reynolds would have enjoyed uh, that one. Obviously going up against South Sydney Rabbitohs, his old club. Uh, but yeah, look, Katoni Staggs, he was the star of the show. I thought that Reese Walsh, I thought he had a fantastic game, and he got unlucky on a few occasions. He is just electrifying. He's so fucking quick, it's terrifying. Uh, but, yeah, look, I mean, the Broncos, 36-20, to 20, um, obviously with their players back, but they did, did have two sin bins, to be fair. Uh, Marty Tapao very early in the game, which I thought was fair, and Jesse Arthurs as well, who I think he's copped a suspension as well. So over the last 10 minutes, they were down on players as well. So um, still plenty to work on for the Broncos, but I think there are a lot of positives for them to take out of that game. For South Sydney, as I said, AJ scored the first try. Campbell Graham scored right on half time. Fuck, he did well to get back on the field. Campbell Graham got through so much work the other night. He was incredible. And Isaiah Tass, he scored late as well. Um, look, Latrell Mitchell was named for this one. He was later ruled out of this game. Uh, so was Totola as well. We mentioned that in the preview that we heard rumors that he could miss this one. Uh, so he's a huge, like Latrell Mitchell's obviously a massive loss, but don't sleep on how much of a loss Totola was as well. He's very, very important to this side through the middle. So without those guys, it did make it very, very tough for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I thought, I thought the skipper Cam Murray got through a fuckload of work. He was very, very good. I thought Jairo was sensational. Um, I don't know what the stats look like or whatever, but he was absolutely going at it this game. Uh, played like a true origin player in this one. Uh, so South Sydney getting the crew back together. They take on the West Tigers next week. Latrell Mitchell should return from that. And you can sort of just see uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs potentially putting on a score next week and then getting some momentum off the back of it. So exciting times for you Bunnies fans coming up, but a disappointing performance here. And look, to be honest with you, this game, two teams that I consider to be top eight teams, two teams that I think can play top four footy, um, but this game was a bit of a disaster. So many errors and shit everywhere, really. For, for, for considering how good both these teams are, really wasn't an overly exciting game of football just because it was so scrappy and all over the place. Uh, let's move to Super Saturday and this one I missed live, the Sydney Roosters and the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, I was obviously at uh, Henson Park watching the Jets and the Seagulls or the uh, Manly Blacktown, I forget what they're called. Um, so I didn't get to watch this one live. I've caught up on it though. Uh, look, the Roosters absolutely blitzed them early. Um, oh, I'm really torn between are the Roosters back or... Were the Titans just fucking ordinary? I really don't know what the answer is. The Roosters are a team that I am going to have to keep watching over the next few weeks. I thought the Titans, their defense was very, very average. Um, but I don't know. Were the Roosters just on fire? I thought uh, James Tedesco, he bounced back this week, had a really, really strong game. I thought Sandon Smith used him really well in a couple of moments there. The Butcher Boys, they were everywhere. Nat and Egan, I think they both scored tries. And I think Nat had another one taken off him. So they were all over the place. Suelite, some good touches. Joey Martin. Manu went about his normal work, created a nice offload for Lindsay Collins, who obviously scored a try in this game, um, but he was very unlucky not to score another. I think it was AJ Brimson with a big try saver on him. He was everywhere. Lindsay Collins showing that origin form. 
and bringing it back to the NRL. I thought Brandon Smith at nine looked pretty good. I've always been on the bad wagon. He's not a hooker, and I still don't disagree with that. But I thought he did look better in this game. Count with some nice plays as well. So Roosters, uh, look... A big win. Are they back? I've, I've, I don't have the slightest fucking clue, to be honest with you. Uh, I think we'll just have to watch them over the next few weeks and then make a decision on that. But definitely positive signs for you Roosters fans. For the Titans, um, yeah, very disappointing. That was... Uh, I was talking to uh, BKR Sport Blaze about their performance because I didn't get to watch live. I just said, what did you see, mate? And he sort of said, oh, look, that that, that was back to the old Titans, you know. Just uh, a very disappointing performance. Um, defense just all over the place. I thought the Roosters were unlucky probably not to score more, to be completely honest with you. Uh, we mentioned Chris Randall on Bloke in a Bar this week to keep an eye on him that he'd be used as a front rower, and he ended up playing 77 minutes. Uh, he jumped on the left edge of four for feeder at one point as well. He was everywhere, Chris Randall. He is one tough bastard. Um, I think they should find a spot for him in this team moving forward to play 50 to 60 minutes. He was everywhere. Aaron Clark scored a try late, jumping into the 13 role. He was good. Mo Fodder Waker, mate. This bloke, he just does it week in, week out. He is just a monster Mo Fodder Waker. And I was so happy to see him get a gig in the Origin Arena this year because he really does deserve it. I, I think he's been one of the form players of the comp this year. Consistently and everything, he has just been off the charts in every single game. Very, very impressive. Um, AJ Brimson obviously came up with that try saver. Not too much outside of that, realistically. Uh, yeah, look, a pretty disappointing performance from the Gold Coast Titans. I know it ended up 36 to 18 and whatnot, but uh, my read on that second half was the Roosters essentially shut up shop. So, yeah, very disappointing for the Titans. They These are the sort of performances that you thought they were hopefully getting away from and moving away from, uh, but we definitely saw that old Titans... Uh, in this game. So hopefully next week uh, they can bounce back and show us a little bit more. A couple of losses on the trot for the Titans, I believe now. Obviously had some controversial refereeing decisions and whatnot that hasn't made it easy. Uh, but obviously they lost to the Roosters, lost to Parramatta the week before, the Dolphins before that, lost to the Raiders before that. Uh, their last win came in round 17 against the Broncos. So yeah, pretty, pretty tough. What's that? Four losses on the trot. Uh, next week they take on the Cowboys, then the Warriors and the Sharks and the Panthers and the Storm. And then the Bulldogs in the last week. So, yeah, Jesus. Uh, it's not really going to get all that much easier. Um, very, very tough there. All right, let's move to the next game. So we had the middle game of Super Saturday. Let me get off the Titans draw here so we can proceed. All right, the next game, we had the Newcastle Knights 26 over the Melbourne Storm 18. Um, look, I thought the Newcastle Knights were pretty impressive. Um, considering that... They were down 12-0 after seven minutes. Considering they made a line break in the first two minutes, handed it over, and Nick Meany took it all the way to the house. Uh, pretty impressive stuff for the Newcastle Knights. Consider this. Um, in the last 65 minutes, the Newcastle Knights won this game 26-6 over the Melbourne Storm, featuring Jerome Hughes, featuring Cam Munster, featuring Harry Grant. Um, I thought Newcastle were fantastic. The left edge was great. Um Essentially, all of them scored tries. Uh, Bradman Best, Marshy, Lockie Fitzgibbon. I think KP only had a hand in one or two of them as well, to be fair. Uh, KP was popping up everywhere, but I love that they beat a top-shelf time side like this with, you know, KP was good, but it wasn't the KP show. I thought Jackson Hastings had a really strong game. He moved the ball around well. I thought Phoenix Crossland, he was fantastic. I thought that left edge just created a lot of opportunities for themselves. I thought Bradman Best was great. Um, some of the plays that he came up with, unreal. So, uh, yeah, shout-out to the Newcastle Knights. Getting it done 
done at home. I know that the boys have been disappointed with their performances at home throughout the year, uh, but this one, Jesus Christ, they showed up and they certainly did deliver up there. So a huge win for Newcastle. And um, as I said before, they keep their season alive. Very, very interesting now. They're only and, and you gotta remember as well, they had that draw during the season. So it may, with Manly. So it means that their foreign against doesn't matter anymore. So if they can just keep winning games of football, um they're going to threaten a lot of teams. Uh, I'm not sure what their for and against looks like. I don't, I don't think it would be a train wreck, though, from the top of my head. Um, yeah, their for and against is plus 50. So, like, it's not as good as, you know, the Rabbitohs and the Eels, but they're only, you know, 20 or 30 points off them, realistically. Cowboys are about even with. Obviously, the Canberra Raiders, they're 100 points better than. The Melbourne Storm, they're only 20 points behind as well. So, 23 competition points. They play the Raiders next week. Personally, I think that's a must-win game for both of those clubs. So I'm really, really looking forward to watching that one. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. Um, yeah, look, the Newcastle Knights, a fantastic performance. I'm just having a look at their draw over the next few weeks to see how this is all going to play out. So they play the Raiders, the Dolphins, the Bulldogs, the Bunnies, the Sharks, the Dragons. Jesus Christ. There, There is a lot of winnable games in there. And, I mean... South Sydney, if they're at their abs, if they're playing their best, maybe you know that's probably their biggest challenge there. But that's up at Newcastle. They play the Sharks in Newcastle as well. So the Knights, they are coming home strong. Uh, we, we we had a little bit of coin on them at the start of the year, the day that Jackson signed with Newcastle, that they'd be a smoky to make the top eight. Uh, midway through the season, I probably didn't think they'd be able to do it, but. They're there and thereabouts. If they can beat the Raiders next week, they are going to give this competition a huge shake as far as getting into finals footy. And I think they're one of those teams that you wouldn't want to play um, come finals time. So very, very interesting. They've got, yeah, wow, they've got uh, Bulldogs, South Sydney and the Sharks in round uh, 24, 25, 26, all at Newcastle. Um all like Sunday afternoon games as well. Perfect for these boys. So really, really interesting to see how it all plays out. But they go down to the nation's capital next week, 3 p.m. Saturday. Um, There's probably a season-defining game for the Newcastle Knights and not far off for the Canberra Raiders either with their for and against. So that's going to be an absolute cracker. Really, really looking forward to that. Uh, For the Melbourne Storm... Pretty disappointing, eh? Like they scored the two tries early. Um, Nick Mooney probably a little bit lucky to score his realistically. They had the Simbin just before half time, which hurt. Uh, I think the Knights managed to pile on two tries during that period. Uh, but yeah, Melbourne Storm. I don't know. I just they're a good footy side. They're good on paper, but you just we constantly feel like they're just a little bit punch short of being able to win a premiership this year. And I, I stand by that. I just don't think. They can. They also lost Remus Smith last night. And we saw last year when Remus Smith went out, he might not be a superstar, but defensively he's very, very good. And I think that they will miss Remus Smith quite a bit. You would have to assume that probably Marion Seve comes into that side there. Um, So a big, big test for Melbourne now. Ryan Pappenhausen posted uh, that he could be back in the next few weeks. Is he going to return himself 100% straight away? I probably question it. Uh, So I think it will take two or three weeks. So you might see them back with another superstar come finals time, which is still five, six weeks away. Uh, But yeah, Melbourne, I just, I don't feel like they can win a comp this year. I think that they will be a pain in the ass for a lot of sides, but I'm just, they're they're, they're just a forward short. They're a star forward short for me, but we'll see the impact uh, that Ryan Pappenhausen has when he does return. All right, the last game of Super Saturday, uh, we had the Cowboys taking on the Parramatta Eels. Uh, Cowboys winning this one 24 points 
to 16. Uh, Parramatta going on a bit of a late charge to bring this one a little bit closer. Mitchie Moses scoring two late tries. Um, look, I thought the Cowboys were the better side throughout this entire contest, to be honest with you. Uh, they scored very early through Peter Hickey. A great run by Tommy Dearden. Fuck, he's having a good season. And then I think one of the most underrated success stories of this year, uh, Semi Valame from the North Queensland Cowboys. I said it last week on Bloke. I was watching him at the, at the Canberra Raiders going... This bloke's not a first grader. I do not think he can cut it in the NRL. He's gone up to the Cowboys, and Todd Payton has just sprinkled his magic dust over him like he's done with a few guys, and he is absolutely killing it at the moment. So congratulations to him. Egg all over my face. Looking fantastic. Scotty Drinkwater, uh, he was involved in everything. He was alive everywhere. I think he set up a try for Valame. Scott a try himself, which was uh, very, very poor defense by the Parramatta Eels. Joe Offangau, which has always sort of been a criticism uh, throughout his career, uh, just stopped moving. You, you hear about you know Billy Slater talking origin, that he picks forwards, that they always keep their feet moving. Uh, Chad Townsend, like that, that, that play completely broke down and Chad just turned Drinkwater on the inside. You want to talk about guys that are always moving their feet. Scott Drinkwater is one of them. He is just electrifying and he's everywhere and he coasted through to score there, which really was uh, the nail in the coffin for the Parramatta Eels despite a late charge at the end. Val Holmes, he was sent from the field as well. 10 in the bin, which I personally thought was a bit harsh. Uh, I'm very keen to hear what Kempi, Timmy and Matty think because I personally thought it was a little bit harsh. I've seen a lot of people on social media with very differing opinions, so I'm looking forward to having that conversation. Um, but as we've said for a number of weeks now, I think sometimes we officiate in rugby league off optics. If it doesn't look perfect, if it looks a little bit messy, we like to find things that are wrong with things. So, yeah, I wasn't overly huge on that moment. I probably wouldn't have simbined him, to be honest. I'm not even sure if it was a penalty. I'm not convinced he did hit him in the head. I'll have to have another closer look at it because I know a lot of people um, saw it very differently. But, uh, yeah, that was my live reaction to it, to be honest with you you guys. But yeah, look, Drinkwater, he was fantastic. I thought Reese Robson had a really good game as well. Backing up, you know, from Origin a couple of weeks ago, playing 80 minutes again. Had a red-hot crack. Uh, Cowboys, it might be a costly win, losing the nine. He obviously came off with a shoulder injury, uh, which did not look good in the shed. So big, big loss for the Cowboys if they are to finish this season without him. That one will be a real stinger for them. I thought Jane Granville came on and got through a lot of work. He was fantastic, as he always is. Taumalolo, um, starting to have some of those big runs that we know him for. I think he is probably going to be a, a more of a limited minute guy moving forward now. I, I, I still don't think he's 100% just from watching him uh, last night. But, uh, yeah, Taumalolo, just an absolute juggernaut. And the beauty of the Cowboys is now that they don't need Taumalolo to be the superhero that puts the entire team on his back. They, they've got a forward pack that can handle themselves. They've got direction, so they can pick and choose when they use Taumalolo, and he can be very, very damaging. Um, now, with uh, with Nanai potentially out for a while, which I assume he will be, I would love to see Fenei Fuiaki given an opportunity on that edge. I don't know if he's got the big, big minutes in him, but fuck, I'd love to see how it plays out because I love the look of that kid. Very, very talented. Uh, for Para. Look, a pretty disappointing game, to be honest with you. Um, you know, obviously the game finished a lot closer than what it should have, in my opinion. Uh, I thought the North Queensland Cowboys were by far and away the better side. That, that's two weeks in a row, the Cowboys. I think that certain things that have played out, whether it be sim meetings or decisions or whatever, I think they've sort of kept the opposition in the game. So I think the Cowboys, they are really humming at the moment. Uh, crazy to think a few weeks ago where they were. I thought they were no hope of playing finals five weeks ago, but... I don't know. Toddy Payton, he's done it again. They look to be fantastic. Uh, 
Gutho, I thought he had, he had a really good game. Three try assists, a line break assist, a line break himself. Ran for 200 metres. He was everywhere. Um, but some poor decisions uh, throughout this game really cost a Parramatta. And as well, that left edge, which is just decimated. Obviously, Dylan Brown not playing. Uh, Sean Lane got injured last night. Dare I say he's going to be missing for a few weeks. Um, and you've also got Sevo out for a few weeks as well. So that left edge is their strong edge. Absolutely decimated at the moment. It was really poor last night, I thought. Um, yeah, Wonga Blake came in and, you know, unfortunately, this has always been the thing with Wonga Blake. You, you just can't rely on him. And I thought Bailey Simonson, he, you know, he gets through work. Bailey, fuck, he tries hard. But, yeah, some of the decisions that he came up with and whatnot are far from impressive. Um, yeah, M- Mitchie Moses missed 10 tackles last night, made 15, missed 10. So uh, a lot of missed tackles for this Parramatta side. Um, yeah, pretty disappointing performance for them. Um, and losing Sean Lane, that's going to make life even tougher for them now. But big minutes for for some other guys now, especially with uh, RCG out and whatnot. Uh, you can expect Hopgood. I was surprised that he played limited minutes last night. I wouldn't be. Uh, I wonder if he's carrying an injury or something. Because when the, when Sean Lane went off and they already had injuries, I was a bit surprised the limited minutes he played. I was also surprised that all things considered. Luca Moretti only played uh, 16 odd minutes there. So interesting to see what they do next week. Uh, if uh, Sean Lane is out, whether they play Matto there or Andrew Davey, uh, and how many minutes Hopgood plays. I'll tell you who I thought was fantastic for them. Bryce Cartwright, I haven't even looked at his stats, but I thought he was everywhere last night. 14 runs, 111 metres, that was good. I would have guessed that he would have had at least six offloads. He had seven. Seven offloads he had last night. He was everywhere. I understand that this team started offloading at will towards the back end of the game, but I thought Bryce Cartwright, he really picked his moments and picked his offloads well. So he had seven. Clint Gutherson had eight, and that's when Parramatta are at their best, but it was when they were chasing last night, realistically. Um, Who does Parramatta... They've got to buy in a couple of weeks, but who do they play next week, Parramatta? Just going to get their draw up, see what it looks like for the run home, because, God, mate, so... There's going to be one very good football team that's going to miss finals footy this year. And if the Newcastle Knights win this win next week, uh, it's going to get harder. Uh, wow, the Melbourne Storm played the Parramatta Eels next week. That'll be interesting. Two teams, once again, that have to win. There's a couple of games next weekend that I genuinely think are must-win for clubs as far as just where their season's sitting. It might not be defined where they are on the ladder or whether they play finals footy, but I just think... They are games that they just need to show what they're about if they're going to contend this year. After that... Parramatta's got a pretty tough run home. Um, they then play the Dragons, so they should get a win there at Combank. Then they go Brisbane, Roosters, who might be back, fuck knows, Penrith, and then into the bye. So Parramatta, next week is a must-win game for them against the Melbourne Storm because I'm not sure how many games out of the Broncos, Chooks, Penrith, they're going to win on the run home. They have got that bye, which helps. A little bit of a buffer there. But yeah, very, very interesting times. All right, let's get stuck into the Sunday afternoon games. You obviously kicked off with <coughs> the Penrith Panthers' big victory over the Canterbury Bulldogs. Um, look, I thought Penrith were pretty dominant in this one as per the scoreboard, uh, but I did think there was a lot of positive signs for Canterbury, like all things considered. Um, you know, especially as we went into the second half, it was 28 to 6 at half time. Um, and, you know, I think it finished up, was it 44 to 18? So, look, I thought Canterbury scored a few more points than what I thought thought they would. Uh, but yeah, look, uh, I mean, there's no real uh, sh- sugarcoating 44 to 18, but I did think uh, that they'd get beat by more. I thought Penrith would score more points in this one. Isaac Tunga, he was obviously ruled out, as was Jacob Preston. Uh, we warned you about Jacob Preston on the preview yesterday. Uh, Isaac Tunga, we did not see coming, and I know for a lot of you Supercoach players out there, 
that traded in Isaac Tungo uh, and also traded out Peachy over the last few weeks. That would have been a real kick in the dick. And a lot of you with Jacob Preston, that would have left you short as well. So far from ideal in this game, how it all played out super coach wise And, of course, Peach, uh, he put on a bit of a show, scoring two tries. Had some really, really nice touches. Brian Tott was the other one. He scored a couple of tries in this game. Um, yeah, so look, the Penrith Panthers, obviously the return of Nathan Cleary. Uh, he looked fantastic. At no point did he look like... That hamstring was holding him back. There was even a moment where he took a quick tap and he was he was off to the races and he got called back. But you could tell there was just there was no fear, there was no hesitation, nothing at all. So I think you can confirm Nate Cleary is back and is fully fit. Uh, I, I think he sort of eased himself into this game early and they scored a lot of points earlier that he really had nothing or very little to do with. Uh, but then you could see towards the end of the game he was really starting to find his own. Uh, he threw a pass to Luke Garner, the last try the Penrith Panthers scored. That was an absolute crack or a sensational ball. I thought Jerome Lewite was very good as well. He had a very good game. And Isaiah Yo, I thought he got through a stack of work as well. He obviously scored a try, um, but just fuck, he gets through so much work. I'm just getting his stats up and I haven't looked at them, but 80 minutes, one try. 100 metres, so not crazy metres, 43 tackles, zero missed. Isaiah Yo, he was everywhere in this game. Scotty Sorensen made 42 tackles as well, a pretty good knock there. Um, Jerome Lewis made 21 tackles as well. So, uh, yeah, look, the Penrith Panthers, this game sort of went as we anticipated, I guess, with all due respect to Canterbury. Um, if anything, I, I thought that they were going to win by a lot more, the Penrith Panthers. So, uh, yeah, look, the Panthers, they march on, they win at home over Canterbury as we expected them to. Uh, there probably isn't a stack more to take out of that, though, to be completely honest with you. Without Isaac Tungo, they'll get him back either next week or the week after. But uh, once again, just showing that depth that the Panthers have to be able to bring Tyron Peachy in and for him to play the game uh, that he did, it really is a pretty fucking incredible system. Uh, and, you know, you still got Zach Hosking to come back into this team as well. So uh, I think it was Spencer Lenu who got injured in this one, so I'm not sure how long he is out for. Uh, but he's going to be really important to the Panthers uh, towards their charge to the finals here. So, yeah, look, the Penrith Panthers did what they were meant to do. Um, probably not much to analyse with them, realistically. Nath Cleary made a successful return, which was good to see uh, for Canterbury. Um yeah, I mean, a big loss, but, geez, I, I, I think I had a look on one of the betting agencies yesterday, so that they were at about $23. So, I mean, to score 18 points, only concede 44 in a strange way, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of impressed. I thought it would be a lot worse than that. Uh, there were some good individual performances, I thought. You've got to remember with Canterbury too, and I, I don't, I cannot fucking work out why they did this, but Reid Marnie, we mentioned on the previous show, there was a rumour that he was sick. Um, he started off the bench, and then when he came on, he played lock. I just... I can't really make sense of that. That made no sense to me whatsoever. I'm not sure why the fuck they did that. And he was like a fish out of water. He was just lost Reed Marnie, the poor bastard. You signed a very, very quality nine, a top shelf nine. You played him at 13 when he was crook. Um, yeah, it just didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. A bit of a weird one there. Jake Avrilo scored a really nice individual try. Uh, our boy, Gerald Skelton. Came in very good again. Uh, had 22 runs. Had a couple of errors, to be fair, which worried me a little bit. But 22 runs and 69 post-contact metres uh, for 200 metres. So, uh, Brian Toko, Brian Toko-esque yesterday, I think you could say. Uh, well, I mean, Jesus Christ. Sorry, sorry to go back to the Panthers. Brian Toko only had 15 runs. He ran for 251 metres. To be fair, uh, he obviously had that runaway try as well. So, that bumped it up a little bit. But, yeah, post-contact metres for Brian Toko, 68 for Gerald Skelton. 
69. So, uh, yeah, Skelton, he is a real handful. I would love to see them. I would have loved to have seen them drop him out on the left edge whilst Jad- Josh Adokar was out. Uh, but I personally think Skelton will stay in this side. Obviously scored a try off a you know, really nice try. Had a line break. Had nine tackle breaks as well and 22 hit-ups. So, uh, yeah, exciting times for Skelton. I think it was two errors he ended up having. Uh, and as we said, he has got errors in him. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think they will keep him in this side because I think he, he's a bit like Greg Marcy. You just don't want to fucking deal with him. And I think he'll score a few tries on the run home, Gerald Skelton. Um, yeah, look, Kyle Flanagan had to jump in at nine. Jake Avrillo uh, played seven. You had Hayes Perham come back into the side. Bit of a shit fight. I think... Um, I think the one that really hurt them was losing Preston. God, he's a good player. Uh, and look, when I saw this team list named and I saw TPJ and Ockenbore on the edges, that, that that might be the most unreliable back row of all time. Um, so, yeah, look, tough one for Canterbury in a tough season. Uh, I think they announced yesterday that Raymond Faitala Mariner can look elsewhere. I'm not sure if that's just a rumour, if that's confirmed by Canterbury. Uh, but pretty wild to go from club captain to you can look elsewhere. Um in essentially seven months. So, uh, yeah, it's going to – if if RFM does leave, he's obviously got a pretty uh, bad injury history. So, it'll be interesting to see how many clubs go after him. But I'll tell you what, fuck, he's going to look weird in a different jersey. We don't know anything else other than RFM being in a Bulldogs jersey, and he looks so familiar there. So, that's going to be interesting. I thought Kiraz was really good. God, he gets through a lot of work. 19 runs, 156 metres, 60 post contact, five tackle breaks, uh, three offloads. I think he could probably pass the ball a little bit more here and there, Kiraz, but he's such a good runner of the football that it's hard to push back on. And he does free up the ball in contact, as you can see, three offloads there. Uh, Paul Alamotti come back in. Uh, I thought he handed himself pretty well. So obviously scored a try, ran for 112 metres, had two line breaks, did some good things, Paul Alamotti. Missed a number of tackles once again. Um, <clears throat> but I thought with the ball in hand, he, he looked pretty good. But I don't think uh, by the end of the season, he'll be in their full strength side, realistically. Um, so, yeah, look, Canterbury, another big loss. But I did think there were positives within that, uh, considering you're going up against the Panthers on a Sunday afternoon with Nath Cleary at home. Um, and Reid Marnie wasn't playing his usual position. I'd say your player of the year, Jacob Preston, was out as well. Um, yeah, not, not trying to give sympathy to Dogs fans or whatever, but I personally didn't think yesterday – Went as bad as I thought it would. Uh, but, yeah, tough to say when you're losing 44 to 18, unfortunately. Uh, let's move to the last game. And uh, I'm going to hang my hat on this one just quietly. I think in the preview yesterday, I tipped a manly 1-12 victory. Uh, and I think I tipped that right edge to really light it up against that Sharky's left edge. And when you have a look at it, uh, Ola Kawatu and Kohler both scored. Garrick scored down that edge as well. I think Kohler was our tip at $3.90. So uh, that would have been a nice little juicy one. And what an interesting game of football uh, this one was. Very windy conditions. Uh, both kickers only kicked three goals. Ruben Garrick went three from six. Nico Hines went three from five and uh, we spoke about this two weeks ago and we're probably going to talk about it over the next few weeks that I said that the Sharkies over the next six weeks they play four uh, top eight teams they lost to the first one and this was one of the bottom eight teams they played and they've now lost this game as well and our big worry was their defense I know you can score points I know you can light it up but can you defend and at home in the first half they were down 24 nil Um, Sharkies I just I, I just can't see them firing a shot come finals time. And I was very high on the Sharkies in the preseason. I really thought that they would learn from last year and whatnot. But 
I, I'm just not seeing it at the moment. Uh, for them to come out in that game and concede 24 in the first half, uh, that's gut-wrenching stuff. And I spoke to a few Sharkies fans who said, hey, make sure you point out that it was the bounce of the footy that beat us. Oh, I'm sorry, I think that's complete and utter bullshit. Um, your defense has been awful. Your attitude has been so far off, it's not even funny. And yeah, there was a couple bounces of the football that went against you, but I'll give you the hot tip. Manly are in good field position to put in those kicks for a reason, and that's where your problem is. It's not the bounce of the football. Don't make excuses. The Sharkies, they've got a lot of things to sort out. And Craig Fitzgibbon, we praised him all last year. He made changes this week, which I think he had to. Um, but we did say in the preview that left edge, still new combos really do worry me. Connor Tracy, I've been a huge fan of for a long time. He definitely wasn't the answer at left centre. Um, very interesting to see what he does next week. If he brings Siffer back in, does he make changes? I thought Colhoun wasn't too bad. He held his own. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know what direction the Sharkies are going to go in now. They're, they're just kind of in free fall at the moment. Uh, and I know they made a late charge back and they had a couple of uh, decisions that went against them that weren't ideal. But when you can see 24 points and a half, you probably don't deserve to win that game of football. When you're conceding 24 points in a half at home against the bottom eight team, you're probably not a team that is in premiership contention this year. So, Sharkies, uh, a few things went against them. I get that. But Jesus Christ, that, that's a manly side without Tom Travojevic at Shark Park. In those conditions, that should have been absolutely perfect for the Cronulla Sharks. So, uh, yeah, and I, I heard Craig Fitzgibbon, to be fair, in the press conference, he did speak about his team and their attitude quite a bit. But uh, I thought he did put a lot of emphasis on the referees as well, which, for what I know of Craig Fitzgibbon, was a little bit disappointing because... Sharkies, I'm sorry, you did not lose that game because of the referees. You lost that game because of your defense and the attitude you showed up with in that game. Um, as we said yesterday on the preview, the game plan was written for the Manly Seagulls. Pepper that left edge and DCA, as we expected, he stepped up, had an absolute cracker. There was a ball he threw to Kohler uh, that was an absolute fucking peach. So hard to defend that. He set up another try off his boot. Dummy to went through. Dummy the kick went through. Nice little chip kick. Um, yeah, look, D D DC, I love watching him in the moment. It's just the older he gets, the better he gets. Such a unique footballer. A guy that I probably didn't think would still be playing at this point in his career. A few years ago, I genuinely didn't. But God, I love watching him. He's a guy that we spoke about with Jamie Soward quite a bit about his kicking game. And, and, and this is a game that you really saw it in. Um, look, there, there, there's different ways you, you, you can look at this game if you're a Sharkies fan. You know, you came back at the end. You were in it. Maybe you got unlucky. Personally, I don't think so. I think it was a very, very disappointing performance. I'm not sure where the Sharkies go from here. Um, that left edge, they made all the changes in the world, and you could argue they potentially got worse. So, yeah, I, Jesus, hard, hard to work out what to do with the Sharkies. I just... What are they on? They're, they're, they're coming in sixth place on 26 competition points, so they're equal with the Cowboys... And they're one win above the Eels and the Bunnies, who both have a bike still to come this season. So the Sharkies need to be careful. They play the Panthers next week too. Jesus Christ. They play the Panthers next week. I mean, if the Knights win next week against the Raiders, that puts them one competition point behind the Sharkies. Um, so very interesting times for the Sharkies. They've got they've, they've still got to play another three top top eight teams over the next few weeks as well. Um, I can't see them beating the Panthers next week. God, that that, that could be a real reality check uh, for this for this side. That could be a real tough watch there. Uh, so yeah, Sharkies. I don't really know what to read into them. I don't know what to make of them. But the Manly Seagulls, they were the guys that came out and got the job done. Uh, the Newcastle Knights. I, I I put up a post this morning about them on twenty three competition points. To be fair, so are the Manly Seagulls. 
The difference for me is, though, that the Newcastle Knights, they have been a for and against of... Actually, for and against doesn't matter for these two teams uh, because they've got that draw. So maybe I've slipped on the Manly Seagulls as far as that argument goes as well. So it's going to be interesting. Manly, you know, they've got the Dragons next week. I'm expecting them to win that one. The Knights with the Raiders next week, that's going to be a very important game. And all these teams are putting so much pressure on the Sharkies. You, you look at the three teams below the Sharkies, Cowboys, Eels, Rabbitohs. All three of them have another buy to come. So if you give them that buy, they're all equal or in front of the Sharkies. So, fuck, very, very interesting times. And if they all win next week, Cowboys versus the Titans, I think they'll win that. Parramatta versus the Storm, I don't know. Probably, I'd probably lean with Melbourne, but, geez, they weren't good on the weekend. And the Rabbitohs, I think they will beat the Tigers. So if the Sharkies lose to the Panthers, they could find themselves in eighth spot with still the Rabbitohs and Eels with a buy to come. Uh, very, very interesting times. And the Knights, Seagulls, they're going to be they're going to be hunting them down very, very quickly. So the run home is going to be wild. Manly Seagulls, maybe I've slept on them. Maybe I've ruled them out a little bit too early. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, two weeks ago, I thought no one below ninth could make the top eight. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I still don't... I think Newcastle's a better chance than Manly, to be honest, but I don't think you can rule Manly out just yet, especially with teams like Parramatta and the Sharkies, who potentially could be on a bit of a drop at the moment. So, yeah, it's going to be a wild finish to this competition. <laughs> so exciting to watch when it is like this. Uh, other guys that stood out for me from the Manly Seagulls. Sorry, guys, we spoke very heavy about the Sharkies there. Uh, DCE was fantastic. Cola, that was probably his best game in first grade I've seen. He was tremendous. Lucky Croker scored a try. He was strong as always. Um, Olukawatu did some nice things. Ruben Garrick, fuck, he's improved um, as a fullback. He's been tremendous. You know who else I thought was really good for them? Uh, and I think he's the sort of guy that they needed to bring into that squad if, if for, for nothing else just to finish this season. I thought Matty Lodge was really good when he came on the field. He did a, a couple of really nice things and played tough. So um, yeah, in, interesting times for Manly, interesting times for the Sharkies. Two teams that I'll be watching very, very closely over the next few weeks. Both for very different reasons, realistically, uh, but two very interesting sides. Uh, guys, that will do us for our rapid review today. Uh, hopefully some more content coming today on the Rugby League Guru podcast. We are pretty busy. Got a few things on at the moment, but we'll try and get as much content out to you guys as we possibly can. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.